I wish I could tell you that I joined Coke because it was a great global company with global opportunities. The truth is, it was more a function of the one company who said I'd be within 250 miles from home. Welcome to Total Refresh, a podcast from Coca-Cola North America that's radically refreshing. I'm your host, Katherine Cherry. And I'm Jamal Booker. On season one of Total Refresh, we're doing something we've never done before. We're inviting people everywhere to listen in as we get real with our leaders. When others might see an obstacle, I see a detour. Today, we're talking to Kathleen Chiaramillo, who heads up food service and on-premise for Coca-Cola North America. The translation of that is our teams lead all of the customer relationships that are headquartered out of North America. Fun fact, Catherine. She calls her department Coca-Cola's original business because Coke got its start through food service 132 years ago. I love that. So KC moved from Massachusetts to Atlanta. And one thing that I've always loved about KC is she leads with her heart and her head. I'm curious to hear about that too and her perspective on the total beverage strategy. Let's dive in. So, Casey, you are from Massachusetts. Yes. Can you describe... Go Patriots. Can you describe um, Massachusetts for someone that's never been north of Washington, D.C.? Where are you from? Paint a picture for our listeners. I grew up on 7 Callahan Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, 30 miles north of Boston. And I grew up on a street with nine houses, and seven were my family. So you can imagine deciding to leave 7 Callahan Street to take a job with Coke was a bit traumatic for me. And family was super important. I had um, lost both of my parents by the age of 15. And so that grouping, um, that support group around me was really important. And I really didn't at that point in time know what I could do on my own because I had so many people worried about me, watching out for me, taking care of me. But my grandmother, who used to pretend she was doing the rosary in the window across the street, but really she was spying, um, you know, she came over to the United States at the age of 12. She raised silkworms to jump on a ship by herself And I know today that that's where I get my no means not yet. And it's so clear to me now that that comes from her. And I think about my mom who passed away when I was seven. She was 40. And she had already given uh, birth to six children. She had her own business. She designed and made bridal gowns. I was in a lot of weddings because I would be in the shop when they came in and they said, can we borrow that girl over there? I was cute. But from her, I learned, and, and, and I know that from her, I get the fact that when I see procrastination, I hate it. And to me, making the most of every minute is super important. And she clearly made the most of her 40 years here. And then I think about my two sisters that when she passed away, took on the role as mother. And the fact that my sister Sharon was 16 at the time took me on dates, picked me up from brownies. I never felt like a burden. And that's where I get my intense sense of I need to have my priorities straight and I need to make the room and the time to get those things done. And I would say that is a function of uh, my siblings. 
I used to work in the archives, so I'm pretty familiar with Coke's history and experiments. And when you joined the company in 1985, we had just released new Coke. Oh, yeah. Why'd you decide to work at Coke fresh out of college, especially at that time? (laughs) At the time, I was a coddled mess, and, and it was very important for me to stay near family. I'm glad I did eventually venture out, and it got easier every time I did it. They recruited me off campus at Boston College, and I came back to my dorm one day to see Don Keogh on the television announcing New Coke, and my marketing professor actually tried to talk me out of taking the job. I had a few other offers from Lever Brothers and um, Merrill Dow Pharmaceuticals, and he was like, don't do the Coke thing. Uh, But I did. And here you are today. And here I am today. Can you tell me more about your first job at Coke, what you thought it would be, and then what it was actually like? I probably didn't go into it with any preconceived notion of what it was going to be. Um, My first job at the company was a territory sales manager in New Jersey. I walked up and down the boardwalk all day. I had Point Pleasant down at Cape May and everything on the boardwalk, Atlantic City, probably about 30 miles inland, um, was my piece of dirt. I didn't expect to end up in New Jersey, which is more than 250 miles from home. In hindsight, it was awesome. I had the Jersey Shore. Now, we had just announced New Coke, so I got thrown out of a lot of places (laughs) because we had some very angry customers. But it was a role like I would never have anywhere else, and it was a very interesting place to be. But I loved it. I was then promoted a year and a half later back to Boston, And interesting enough, um, I didn't want to go back. I liked being away. Uh, But I did go back to Boston for a couple years. Then um, I was sent to St. Louis, where I spent a few years. And then I have been in Atlanta since 1992. So, Casey, you've been at Coke for a while. Mm -hmm. You've seen a lot of different changes. I've been here for about 13 Mm -hmm. years. I've been in different roles as well. During my time at Coke, I started a family, bought a home, etc. And I've definitely grown. But as I think about the future and my own aspirations, you know, is there anything, I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, can you reflect back on your time at Coke, how you balanced all of that, your aspirations, what you were looking for? How did you balance all of that? I think I think what happened for me in the middle management roles is I learned how to lead, whereas initially I managed. Um, so I think in my first management roles, I thought my job was to be the police. What time is everyone showing up? What time are they leaving? Are they getting the work done? That wasn't so fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I quickly learned that that wasn't really what I was supposed to be doing. So I think that moment where I realized that and where I turned into a leader um, was, in fact, the most fun. And that's also probably on the personal side where I started to become more courageous in asking for things I needed personally. And so I quickly learned then, and from that point on, um, I was very overt in my requests. I asked the right people. I was firm when I needed to be firm. My priorities were straight. and, And that all happened right around the middle there. I read in one of your interviews, you said guilt is kind of this useless emotion. Ugh, yes. Can you tell me more about that and what prompts you to say that? Yeah, so um, when my 
daughter was going off to college at Clemson, and she made me a scrapbook. She had scrapbooks on the mind. And it really was meant to capture our life together thus far. And she had pages with my husband and I and me with the two kids. And on the very back page, she had a letter that she wrote for me to read when I missed her. She didn't mention that she was going to be missing me. But right in the middle of the letter were the words, all my life, you have always made me the priority. And for that, I will always be thankful. And my first emotion was, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. We be. But then very quickly, I went to all that time I wasted. Am I a good enough mom? Am I doing a good job at work? And I realized I was doing both. And maybe not both at the same time, 100% every single day, but I did both. And it just struck me that I wasted 19 years stressing about it when I didn't have to. I would have taken the same actions to lead her to feel the way she felt, but I would have done it without the guilt. I would have gotten an extra massage or two, but that would be the day I lost my guilt for good. That's wisdom that I hope to carry into a part of my life where I'm balancing kids. Hopefully I saved you 19 years. I really hope so too. (laughs) 19 years is a long time. It is. It is. Can you, and and let me know, Casey, if you're comfortable talking about this. Sure. You mentioned when we were briefing you about a job offer in Italy. Do you want to go there? Do you want to step back from it? I just figured since we're talking about kids and, and family, and really for me, when I heard you tell that story, that was an eye-opening moment because I think a lot of leaders are quick to say, I regret no decision. I never thought twice about it. It was the best thing for me. But when you were telling me about that experience, it was like, maybe I didn't. Maybe if I went back in time, I would have done something differently. Is that an emotion you wrestled with at all? Or do you think with that kind of mindset around freeing yourself from guilt, you've moved past that? I, I, Catherine, I don't tend to look back. I'm pretty decisive. And part of being decisive means once you, once you do it, you've done it. I don't waste a lot of time asking if it was the right decision 30, 30 years later. And I do, actually, I do think that it was the right decision for the time. And the story you're obviously talking about is I had just had Julie. I was on maternity leave, got a call from my manager at the time saying our CMO wanted me to go run Italy. And at that moment, as I was feeding my new baby, figuring out how to cut her toenails and how to give her a bath without her sliding out of my hands, the last thing I wanted to do at that moment was move to Italy. And so it was just one of those overwhelming things that I had a manager at the time that I trusted, but I think things have turned out pretty good and I'm really happy with where I am. So, Casey, working in food service, you're really at the front end of a lot of the company's strategic shifts. If there's a change or a decision made for a product, your team has to figure out what that means for customers, how we execute it. So now that we're making all these big changes, you know, from focusing on soda to different beverages, tell us what this total beverage shift means for food service and even for you. Sure. Um, Super excited 
honestly, like for the last four years, we've been operating with what we've called an and strategy. And that is we need to grow the core, those brands that we're all very familiar with. And we need to have an eye out for the new things that are coming. What's different now is we have a name for it. And I'm really excited now that we have the momentum of the entire company behind us. And the wind is at our back. We were kind of operating solo before. But as I sit back and look at the total food service landscape, I see three types of customers. I see those who are focused on the core and really don't have an eye out for what's coming. I see customers that only care about what's coming. And the math really doesn't work when you do that. But the most successful customers I see are doing both. So, Casey, we've recently implemented our new growth behaviors, Mm -hmm. which are iterative, inclusive, empowered, and curious. For you, which of these is the most difficult? I would say, um, conceptually, I'm all in relative to inclusive. But the challenging part is when you have 1,500-plus teammates and over 80% of them are housed or officed outside of the Atlanta office complex. And so how do I touch them in the same way that I'm including the person across the hall from me or the person I see in the cafeteria? So in that vein, I know talent recruitment is really important to you. Mm -hmm. And I think I've seen a quote from you that says you want to make sure we access 100% of the talent pool. What exactly does that mean and why is that important to you? I think at the highest level, um, I I do want uh, to have a workforce that mirrors the marketplace we serve. And that is about gender. It is about ethnicity. It is about life experiences. It is about educational backgrounds that are different and thinking that's different. So I love an assorted Myers-Briggs profile amongst the leadership team just because the marketplace we're serving is diverse in that way. And it just helps us better serve those folks that, that are buying our beverages, those customers that are selling our beverages. So I find that to be really important. And In terms of characteristics, I think the most important thing for me to see is somebody that is focused on how they're going to do something, not if they can. And it just leads to a whole different series of ideas when you're focused on how as opposed to, well, we really can't do that because X, Y, Z. But if you start and force yourself to say, well, wait, how could we do it? You're going to come up with ideas you never would have thought of. You may still decide that there's, you know, it's a, a long run for a short jump, and you may choose not to do it, but you at least fully explore. And that's the kind of thinking I look for when I'm interviewing candidates. So I know you're a big sports fan, and you follow a few teams, the Clemson Tigers, the Red Sox, and the Patriots. And, of course, your future son-in-law plays yeah, for the Jets. Outside of family, though— Who's your favorite player, and how does he inspire you? If I go beyond family, it's um, TFB. (laughs) That would be Tom, middle initial F, Brady. Right. (laughs) I think what stands out for me most, Jamal, is, and, and and I translate it back to our environment, and it's very simply that 
you need to earn the right to wear that jersey every single day. They have contracts, but there's a line in the middle of it that says, if at any time we decide somebody's better than you, all bets are off. It's the extreme, but it just brings back to me the fact that even at Coke, where it certainly isn't that extreme, we need to earn the jersey every single day, and that's the attitude we need to walk in the building with, and that's what's going to keep us a high-performing organization. Casey, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks, Casey. On the next episode of Total Refresh... And now you got to be instinctive. you got to respond. you got to come up and solve problems very creatively, very quickly, under a lot of stress. But the reason you can do that is because there's so much process and discipline behind your base. Stay refreshed by subscribing to Total Refresh on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts are found. Total Refresh is a production of the Coca-Cola Company in partnership with Frequency Media. We're your hosts, Jamal Booker and Catherine Cherry. The show is executive produced by Michelle Corey and Rose Reed and produced by me. Cooper Skinner is our sound engineer and editor. Our music is composed by Thomas Avery at Tune Welders. And our artwork is by Tova Rosenberg. A special thanks to all the Coca-Cola employees who made this podcast possible.